Welcome to Question. The place where we question and discuss topics, events, and news that interest us. As some of you might know, uh, Google is rumored to make its own custom Google Silicon chips for this year's Pixel devices and possibly the Chromebooks. Yeah, it sounds. It looks a lot like they're trying to copy Apple's success with the M1 MacBooks and the A14 chips, which they launched last year. And those chips are no jokes. They beat out almost all other chips in the market. The M1 chips are currently leading the market in benchmarks. And I believe the only shortcoming the Apple products have today is that they are um, on the laptops are on platform based, and at the moment there is not a large software support for that. Okay, so firstly, I would like to say that Apple is not. I don't. I don't think so. That Apple is the first company to introduce in-house chips for their line of devices. So it's definitely uh, not. We have Samsung with Exynos chips, which were first in the line, then followed by Huawei, and then we got Apple. Now Google is trying to accomplish the same results. Yes, that's correct. What Apple did differently was Apple made their whole advertisement campaign around around their in-house chips which which is kind of pointless if you ask me so secondly your point regarding the performance so if you actually um in their presentation they mentioned that it's the world fastest this this compared to a, a windows laptop but but if you go to the foot if you read the footnotes uh they actually compare their their m1 chips to uh, i3 laptop which i don't think so is a fair comparison to make yeah, that is definitely true but the real real-time testing has shown that it does beat out uh, amd's ryzen 9 series by a small amount and i believe the reason why they compared it to such lower intel chips is so that their numbers could be higher like 3.5 times compared to what 0.5 times better than ryzen 9 chips that was all a marketing ploy, in my opinion, but they are still one of the best um, laptops you can buy for the price point now. From an average consumer's point of view, yes, but but as someone who is really involved in the tech industry, I don't. Yeah, really the big drawback that they have is that ARM does not have a lot of software support at the moment, and as um, the ARM platform for Windows and for Mac was grows in popularity, that will surely change. Yes, that's true, but but I don't think so. It's good for the industry as a whole. If every every phone or laptop manufacturer decides to go in-house chips, because then then it will build up pressure on software engineers to to release versions for versions that are can then can run on each version. So that would slow down software development and innovation. I think. Yes, so coming back to the main topic, Google and its creation of in-house silicons, one major advantage that this will have to them is that they will not have to pay royalties and the, they will not have to pay royalties for Snapdragon chips anymore. And it will be much more cost effective than buying Snapdragon chips. Well, that's definitely true. Making things in-house is cheaper than buying third-party processors. So yeah, that it would be beneficial for consumers too if we can see a price drop in in yeah because of the in-house chips. Yeah, it's true. Their phones are already some of the best budget phones you can find out there. 
And as per some leaks, we also have that um, Google is collaborating with Samsung to create their chip, which they have codenamed Whitechapel. And it will share design and architecture with Samsung's Exynos processors along with some software components. So this also signals a new growing um, collaboration between Google and Samsung who are known to be industry competitors in almost every way and which is clearly visible from the software skins that they have for Android. Yeah, well, that's definitely interesting to see two competitors coming together to make a product. And I think the Google's decision to work with Samsung is a really good one as they have been making their own in-house chips from from a long time, I would say now. So yeah, they are and yeah, and their latest models are pretty much on par with the latest Snapdragon eight eighty eight. Yes. All right, then coming to our next topic, which is the right to repair. So this has this issue has grown in popularity a lot in the US, especially since Louis Rossman's um, YouTube channel exploded on YouTube and his stream as well. So he started a GoFundMe. Um, yeah, so he started a GoFundMe uh, asking for I think it's it's six six million US dollars to get what call this to get um i don't remember the exact name but this is a prototype of legislation which they need to get passed to ensure a right of rip right to repair for computer components and yeah he says that he talked to some car manufacturers in the car industries automobile industries and they told him that the rough estimate and he came out with the rough estimate to be about six million dollars to get this passed well that's definitely requires a lot of funding and a lot of community support which i don't think will be easy as we can see it's currently about they have generated around half a million dollars and it's still a long way to go they still yeah they have um, got about four hundred nine thousand us dollars so far that's a long long way to go there uh so before i uh, before i share my opinion i would like to hear your opinion because mine is somewhat unpopular as i don't really support this uh legislation so yeah i think it's important in the sense that once you buy a product i believe you have paid the price for those that product and you have full ownership of that product and that should entail being allowed to repair your products as it is with cars when you buy a car i don't think if you want to replace a, a headlight from a third party insider from the original manufacturers i do not think you would be very happy if you realize that they have software blocked it or something which doesn't allow you to use the headlight anymore the same thing goes for mobiles well i don't think so you can really compare cars and phones as cars are usually very expensive uh, like the average repair would be much more expensive compared to what it would cost to repair a phone and even the initial costs are like moon and earth so we we cannot really compare them and and secondly, the I mean the duration for which you use each of the devices uh, are very different. So for a car, you usually use it for 
at least five to ten years whereas phone you use it for one to two years or maybe three at the maximum so i don't think so it's fair to compare those that is in a way true but at the same time i believe this legislation is particularly targeted at apple who are extremely well known for not allowing consumers to do any manual upgrades and charging surprisingly high fees for small things like fixing pins and even suggesting to buy a new phone instead and the type of legislation that he is trying to get passed is called a direct ballot initiative which basically allows the citizens of the state to vote in vote for the legislation instead of the politician so i think this law would ultimately make the phones more bulkier and not user friendly so a uh, a popular example could be the removable batteries and all uh, so the removable batteries are for sure much easier to repair but they add unnecessary bulk to the phone as they have to as they cannot really integrate into the pcb itself and they have to have those big connectors and then you have the cover and the hinge and all and and i do not think this is as much as about creating user friendly repairable modules for a phone as uh, as much as not software blocking um no i don't software think blocking things which are repairable because if you see apple um, it is not easy to repair which is known you require proper technician to do it and even if they do it and they're not from apple uh, if they do it you will see that it does not allow you to use that particular component I believe that this is aimed at removing that software block rather than creating, uh, rather than forcing companies to create user-friendly repairable phones with modules and all. Well, even in that case, there's a problem. So, for example, I am a user and I and I break my screen. So I go to the Apple. They they charge me X dollars. So it's it's kind of expensive. So I go to a third-party market, and it's like. 25% of the price and of course i will go with that and in in a few months i am bound to experience some issues because it's not an original uh screen and then i won't blame the repair shop that they did a bad work my blame would go to apple and secondly if if someone else sees you with that phone and and the third party screen has some problem then they will think that apple made a bad phone or something and they won't they won't really know that you, that the phone is not functioning properly because you decided to get some cheap chinese parts so some of the blame for getting a bad part should either go on yourself for allowing that or if you were scammed into getting a bad part then it should go towards a third party technician and not towards apple it's not well, their fault so but that that would be true in an ideal case but but we don't live in an ideal world and people would blame apple and not the third party repair shop and in many cases they would afterward come to apple to fix fix the damage that maybe the third party has, shop has done because they were not experienced enough so yeah it comes it lands on the consumer to identify they have to get it done but all this find a few bad apples Well yeah that's for that's why companies do not like third party repair shop because 
from their side they want to ensure that every customer gets the best experience and their experience is not ruined by some trashy job of a third party uh repair shop and and secondly i think when you buy a phone you are kind of an ambassador where where i mean the primary way these companies get cust- new customers is when you see a phone when you see a friend or some family member using a phone and you uh, and you yeah it's true um that's yeah, completely true but at, at the same time the i don't expect consumers to be able to repair their own screens and i would actually not recommend doing that on modern smartphones it's a very difficult process and if you get something wrong you may damage some other components and you may end up needing a new phone you should get it done by professionals without question but at the same time those professional whether company sponsored or uh, individual technician they you should not be charged 15 times the price which you actually should be paying for that they been well that's yeah that's the point where i agree there where company should uh apple make a... has started extorting money from people for small small things which is wrong they should at the way they stop doing that whether this bill gets passed or not well yes i can agree with that certainly um and um Yeah, let's move on to the third topic now, which is um, Nvidia and ARM's um, acquisition issues, which it's been having. So recently, uh, I believe it was yesterday itself that uh, they, uh, the British government, ordered an investigation into the forty billion dollar acquisition. Yeah, so they, uh, if I recall correctly, they did it to investigate. Um, your monopoly issues because if the deal goes through then then i mean arm is responsible for almost every arm based chip there is so which includes your um, apple m1 chips uh, snapdragon chips even samsung chips i guess so if all of them are based on arm indeed yeah. it will affect them all So over here, the Guardian. I'm quoting from the Guardian here. It has stated the reasons behind the investigation as monopolistic practices and national security issues. Well, I so think Arm is not aware. If you were not aware before, Arm is owned is a British company, and it has stayed neutral throughout the whole China, China U.S. trade war and all, and being being acquired by an American company. would indeed cause some issues. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. So, I mean with the recent Biden uh, administration, so they have been opposing a lot of restriction on other countries where so yeah, I think that's definitely bad for tech community as a whole if US decides to someday impose restrictions on some other country. that is that is true 
I am not really sure how national security comes into this. I don't see it being a big problem if Indian uh, state acquires arms. Uh, yeah, I don't really see it being an issue at all. This being well, it might be things of... which we are not aware of as public. Well, I think it kind of is because the uh, even many government agencies, for example, the um, I don't remember the space agency name, but I, if I'm not wrong, they also used arm base. Uh, processors and even many government data centers and all make use of arm based processors so that might be a and security issues but it would be security issues if the company arm created those chips for them because nvidia being a u.s company would then have access to all those documents yes yes and so i'm gonna quote the statement made by the person who made the statement from the UK government, it is following careful consideration of the proposed takeover of ARM. I have today issued an intervention notice on national security grounds. We want to support our thriving UK tech industry and welcome foreign investment, but it is appropriate that we properly consider the national security implications of a transaction like this. The phase one investigations will ensure specific considerations around competition, jurisdiction, and national security are assessed. So from this, we can clearly infer that there have been dealings within, with the company arm and the UK government to produce some chips. Yes. Yeah. So that's, I think, um, and that's about it for today's episode. And we shall see you again next week.